Good morning and welcome to Simply Science. It's Tuesday, February 6th. On today's show, scientists have transformed pure water into a metal and Taiwan's Science and Technology Agency plans major disruptions to biomedicine and agriculture. Plus, scientists have 3D bioprinted functioning human brain tissue. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Science. We start off with a fascinating discovery in the world of science. Pure water is known to be an almost perfect insulator, becoming electronically conductive or metallic only under extremely high pressures. However, researchers have found another way to induce this metallicity in pure water. Here with us to discuss, this is our correspondent from Simply Science. Can you explain how this was achieved? Certainly, David. The researchers brought pure water into contact with an electron-sharing alkali metal, specifically an alloy of sodium and potassium. This process added free-moving charged particles to the water, turning it metallic. The conductivity only lasted a few seconds, but it was a significant step towards understanding this phase of water by studying it directly. That's fascinating. How does this process work? The idea is that if you squeeze the atoms together tightly enough, the orbitals of the outer electrons start to overlap, allowing them to move around. For water, this pressure is around 48 megabars, which is just under 48 million times Earth's atmospheric pressure at sea level. However, achieving such high pressures in a lab is currently beyond our capabilities. So the researchers turned to alkali metals, which release their outer electrons very easily. This means they could induce the electron-sharing properties of highly pressurized pure water without the high pressures. But aren't alkali metals highly reactive with liquid water? Yes, they are. In fact, they can sometimes react explosively. The researchers found a clever solution to this problem. Instead of adding the metal to water, they added water to the metal. They extruded a small blob of sodium-potassium alloy in a vacuum chamber and very carefully added a thin film of pure water using vapor deposition. Upon contact, the electrons and metal cations flowed into the water from the alloy, turning the water conductive. And how was this confirmed? The researchers used optical reflection spectroscopy and synchrotron X-ray photoelectron spectroscopy to confirm the water's conductivity. The golden sheen and the conductive band of the water occupied two different frequency ranges, which allowed them to be identified clearly. What implications does this research have? This research not only gives us a better understanding of this phase transition on Earth, but it could also allow a close study of extreme high-pressure conditions inside large planets. For instance, in Neptune and Uranus, liquid metallic hydrogen is thought to swirl. And only in Jupiter are pressures thought to be high enough to metallicize pure water. The prospect of being able to replicate these conditions is indeed exciting. That was truly fascinating. Thank you, Celeste. Speaking of fascinating developments, Taiwan's National Science and Technology Council, or NSTC, has announced a new research initiative that aims to revolutionize biomedicine and agriculture with the help of AI. The project involves the integration of generative AI and chip technology, which could enhance efficiency and facilitate the application of semiconductor technology across various industries. To discuss this in more detail, we have our correspondent, Michael. Can you tell us more about this initiative 
and its potential impact. Certainly, David. The NSTC has implemented what they call a Multiple Precision Detection Chip Initiative. This aims to achieve technological breakthroughs in several areas, including the detection of DNA fragments and single antibody strains for major diseases. The chips could also contribute to combating pests and diseases affecting animals and plants, and are critical to advancements in food and breeding technologies. So, how does the integration of AI and chips work in this context? The focus is on combining different data types, such as molecular and electrophysiological signals. The goal is to provide precise detection, diagnosis, and monitoring, thereby expanding the scope and functionality of existing medical equipment. This is achieved by applying AI integration or edge computing. Efforts will also be made to develop efficient sample processing techniques or integrate them into chips, overcoming limitations in silicon-based chip reactions. What about the application of this technology in the field of preventive medicine and precision health? The integration of chips and systems can be utilized to develop multi-marker detection and analysis tools for these fields. Potential multiple biomarkers can be applied in the screening, recurrence monitoring, disease progression, and complications monitoring during the treatment of significant diseases such as cancer, cardiovascular diseases, diabetes, kidney diseases, and dementia. And how does the NSTC plan to apply this technology in the agricultural sector? The NSTC has proposed a CHIP project for the agricultural sector that involves collaborative proposals from agricultural and engineering research teams chip technology experts, and IC design or process-related companies. The aim is to leverage IC design research and development, chip technology integration, and the application of generative AI to create biochip products and platforms. This could reduce detection time, costs, and manpower. Teams can also develop multiple detection, monitoring, and control chips for various pathogens, establishing an effective traceability system and identification methods to ensure the traceability and authenticity of agricultural products. Michael, your insights are always appreciated, especially when discussing game-changing initiatives. Speaking of game-changers, scientists have managed to 3D bioprint functioning human brain tissue in a significant breakthrough. This new method, which involves assembling neuron cultures horizontally rather than vertically, could potentially offer new ways of exploring treatments for diseases such as Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. Here to delve deeper into this development is our correspondent from Simply Science. Indeed, David. Researchers have been creating brain organoids for years, but these tiny lab-grown cultures have their limitations. One of the major issues has been a lack of control over their design, which often restricts an organoid's functionality and use. Researchers have long suspected that 3D printing could offer a solution, but until now, this has proven difficult. So how have these researchers overcome these challenges? The team from the University of Wisconsin-Madison developed a novel 3D printing approach. Instead of layering bio-ink vertically, they tasked their machine to print horizontally. They placed neurons grown from pluripotent stem cells within a new bio-ink gel made with fibrinogen and thrombin biomaterials involved in blood clotting. Other hydrogels were added to loosen the bioink, overcoming issues encountered during previous 3D printed tissue experiments. And what are the characteristics of the resultant tissue? The resultant tissue is resilient enough to maintain its structure, but also sufficiently malleable 
to permit adequate levels of oxygen and nutrient intake for the neurons. Because of their horizontal construction, the new tissue cells formed connections not only within each layer, but across them as well, much like human neurons. The new structures could interact thanks to producing neurotransmitters and even created support cell networks within the 3D printed tissue. What kind of cultures were the team able to print in these experiments? The team printed both cerebral cortex and striatum cultures. These are responsible for very different functions. The former associated with thought, language, and voluntary movement, the latter tied to visual information. Despite their different functions, the two 3D printed tissues could still communicate in a very special and specific way. What are the potential applications of this 3D printing method? The researchers believe their technique isn't limited to creating just those two types of cultures. It could potentially be used to create pretty much any type of neurons at any time. This means the 3D printing method could eventually help study how healthy portions of the brain interact with parts affected by Alzheimer's, examine cell signal pathways and Down syndrome, and even use tissue to test new drugs. That was Simply Science correspondent Bella highlighting a significant breakthrough in the development of 3D bioprinted functioning human brain tissue. In other scientific advancements, scientists from the University of Rochester's Laboratory for Laser Energetics, or LLE, have made significant strides in the field of inertial confinement fusion, or ICF. They've developed an effective spark plug for direct drive methods of ICF, a development that could have far-reaching implications for the future of fusion energy. Here to delve into this topic is our correspondent, James. Indeed, David. The LLE team used the Omega Laser System, the largest academic laser in the world, to fire 28 kilojoules of laser energy at small capsules filled with deuterium and tritium fuel. This caused the capsules to implode and produce a plasma hot enough to initiate fusion reactions between the fuel nuclei. The experiments resulted in fusion reactions that produced more energy than the amount of energy in the central hot plasma. And how does this method differ from other approaches to achieving fusion? The Omega experiments use direct laser illumination of the capsule, which is different from the indirect drive approach used at the National Ignition Facility, or NIF, at the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory in California. In the indirect drive approach, Laser light is converted into X-rays that then drive the capsule implosion. The NIF used this method to achieve a breakthrough in fusion ignition in 2022. So, what's the significance of this spark plug that the Rochester team has developed? The spark plug is a crucial step towards achieving ignition, which is a fusion reaction that creates a net gain of energy from the target. The Rochester team's experiments show that they can achieve this level of implosion performance with just 28 kilojoules of laser energy. This opens up the possibility of applying direct drive methods to lasers with more energy. But the Omega laser system is still too small to compress enough fuel to get to ignition, correct? Yes, that's correct. However, the team believes that if they can create the spark plug and compress fuel, direct drive has a lot of characteristics that are favorable for fusion energy compared to indirect drive. In fact, if the omega results are scaled to a few megajoules of laser energies, the fusion reactions are predicted to become self-sustaining, a condition called burning plasmas. What role did machine learning play in these experiments? 
machine learning played a significant role in the success of these experiments. The team developed a novel implosion design method based on statistical predictions and validated by machine learning algorithms. These predictive models allowed them to narrow down the pool of promising candidate designs before conducting the experiments. Indeed, the convergence of these technologies is truly fascinating. Thanks for that report, James. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Science. We'll see you back here tomorrow.